You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hey, my friends, welcome back to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 146 of American Sex Podcast. See, I every I, it's been a few weeks since I sang, so I had to do it. Anyway, I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, who you'll be hearing from in the guest conversation portion of the episode. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates. We are kinky perverts, too. And also, we are married. This week, oh, I'm so excited. Oh my God, it's so good. Our topic is mind fucks, my favorite thing. And our guest is Sir Ezra. Sir Ezra identifies as a polyamorous, heterosexual, dominant sexual sadist. He specializes in edge play, including fire play, knife play, electro play, and whips. He enjoys doing heavy impact scenes and receiving service from his collared property, Queen Anna Algos, who, by the way, was our episode 143 guest on switching. And that was an excellent episode. If you haven't heard it, as soon as you're done with this, go listen to that one anyway, and others. Ezra is the founder of the leather BDSM household, the House of Algos. He co-founded the Body and Gender Positive Party, the Champagne Room, and the Edge Play Party Club Inferno. He's the director of education at Sanctuary LAX and coach at House of Algos Coaching. So yes, you heard my excitement. Both Ken and I live for mindfucks. We are heavy psychological players. And what fun is BDSM, at least to us, if we're not massively bending someone's reality, right? So we were so excited to have this conversation with Sir Ezra. He explains what a mindfuck is and isn't and tells us why they sometimes get a bad rap. He tells us ways we can bend our submissive or bottoms reality, and we talk about technique and give lots of wicked real-world examples from all three of us. There's lots of ethics talk, too, because playing with the mind is often considered a form of edge play, and it could be psychologically damaging even if you do everything right. Additionally, it could be used by people with negative intentions to manipulate maliciously. Sir Ezra talks about how to remain ethical as a top and what flags to look out for as a bottom when vetting, negotiating, or playing with somebody else. Y'all, there is a lot of juiciness and know-how in this conversation. And a couple of warnings midway through, there is some spider and insect talk, plus water sports and the consumption of urine towards the end. Oh, speaking this totally off topic. But speaking of insects, did you hear the new thing on the internet this week? You know, a long time ago, it was like, was the dress brown or blue? Now it's can you smell ants and other insects? I am not even kidding. Apparently, there was a TikTok with somebody talking about ants. I didn't see the TikTok. But I've been hearing like, on Facebook and all these places, people talking about it. There is a gene 
I guess it's sort of similar to the gene that some people have that makes cilantro taste like soap. There's a gene that you have that can enable you to smell insects. I have never smelled an insect in my life. Supposedly ants have a very distinct smell. So I went to Ken. I was like, Ken, could you smell bugs? And he's like, you can't. And I was like, what the fuck? This was a mind fuck right here. My reality was bent 49 years on this earth thinking, why would bugs have a smell? So apparently he said if there was an ant crawling on his face, he could smell it. Um, but if it was far away, he couldn't, unless it was like, you know how when you see the ant colony out on the sidewalk, he can smell that from five to 10 feet away. What? He can smell flies. He can smell bees. He can smell spiders and they all have different smells. And he was telling me the smell. It just blew my fucking mind. So appropriate for the mind fuck episode. Can you smell bugs? Please tweet me. Let me know. I am fucking fascinated. Anyway, after talking about bugs, we need to wash the balls. Here on American Sex, our housekeeping is called ball washing because it's way more fun to wash the balls. Maybe we'll change it to, hey, we need to smell the ants. Let's smell the ants real quick so we can get to our conversation, okay? First thing, it's free. I got community for you. Why haven't you come over and joined American Sex Podcast Discord community yet? It's at bit.ly slash Discord, A-S-P, and of course, This link and all the links we talk about will be in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com for episode 146. But hey, we talk about sex, kink, mental health, off-topic stuff, you name it, we talk about it. Our community is really friendly and active and free. I said that before, but I'm a cheap ass. I know you are too. We'd love for you to join us. Oh, American fuckers, do you know what time it is? It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Yes, our American Sex Podcast Patreon family keeps growing and growing. This week, big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Kivi, Lynn, Cheyenne, and Michael for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon members. You too can become an American Sex Patreon member at patreon.com slash American Sex. Oh, and you get stuff too, like bonus stories from our guests. There's one up from Sir Ezra now. You get extra full-length episodes. You get all of our regular episodes early. I send you American Sex Podcast stickers in the mail. You get a shout out on the podcast, other random cool stuff. It's awesome. Ken and I, you know, we give almost all of our content, which is a lot more than just this podcast, to the world for free, because we believe these conversations are critical, they're important, they're relationship improving, they're life changing, and everybody should have access to them regardless of their financial situation. So by supporting us, you allow our content to remain free for everybody. And especially now during this really fucked up economic time, you're helping us out tremendously, like literally putting dinner on our table. We can't thank you enough. Again, if you want to become a member, go on to patreon.com slash American sex. I know you're probably a geek too, right? If you're into things like, uh, you know, tabletop role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, Ken's new gig is running these games online, and he specializes in teaching new people how to play. So if you're like, I've always wanted to learn how to play, but I'm a little nervous. Mm, Come on. Watch him stream these games on Twitch for free a few nights a week. I play a game with Dirty Lola. 
Kevin Patterson, and friend of the show, Nisha, on Tuesday nights. You can watch us. You can do that at twitch.tv slash thunderpantsrpg. And sometimes he's got game slots open so you can play. And if you want to run your own game, he offers professional Dungeon Master services too. Dungeon Master as in games, not BDSM, but who knows when things open back up for COVID, maybe you can hire him to be your dungeon dungeon master. Anyway, uh, all of his information is in the show notes as well, and uh, you can contact him that way. Okay, American fuckers, these balls are clean. Oh, or maybe we can smell these ants. Or no, the ants are clean, so we can no longer smell them. Finally got it. Third time's a charm. Here is Mindfucks with Sir Ezra. So now that I'm on the spot, I should have thought ahead of time of a way to start this interview that's kind of like a mind fuck to put the audience on edge. Like, what's going to happen? I got I got one for you. Oh, Mike, go. You say, do it. <clears throat> you go in, you say, ladies and gentlemen, we've really enjoyed the run, but unfortunately, this is going to be our last podcast. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So for American fuckers listening along, we are talking to Sir Ezra about none other than mind fucks. Mine and Ken's probably favorite thing. I don't know. Is that your favorite thing, Ken? Mm, yeah, psychological play, mind fucks. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So, all right. For, for those who are like, mind fucks, this is scary. What the hell is that? Can you define for us what exactly is a mind fuck in the context of BDSM? Yeah. No, I think it's really confusing because there's such a negative connotation for mind fucking. It is, I mean, in the vanilla world, a mindfuck is abuse or uh, something cryptic or, you know, something where you're being taken advantage of. But this is not that. You know, these are ethical and consensual mindfucks. So when we're talking about mindfucks, what we're talking about is uh, when you play with your partner's expectations, when you mm-hmm. play with your partner's perception of reality, when you play mm-hmm. with your partner's uh, like sensations or um, or perception of, of what's going on, right? Right. And uh, I think it's really widespread, but a lot of people just don't put a name on it. You know, like uh, if I'm like, oh, you know, you're going to get it when you get when I get home because I know what you did and I don't say mm-hmm. anything else. That's a total mind fuck because you're like, what did I do? What am I going to get? You know? <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay, for me, and I know BDSM... Wait, this isn't about taking your dick and smashing it into somebody's gray matter? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> the, what is that? Skull fuck? Is that what Mind is? fuck. Okay. <laughs> Brain fuck. Oh. Yeah, that'd be a um, new one for me. I haven't, I haven't yeah. done that yet. It would probably Skull fuck? feel I good. I don't know where we're going. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> To me, you know, I know that BDSM to everybody is very subjective, how they define BDSM, how they define their kinks. And in my mind, a mindfuck in some way, shape or form is almost always present. I think of mindfucks as sort of on a spectrum, like even if you're doing blindfolded sensation play, that right there is a mindfuck. Like, do you believe that? most of the time when people are doing BDSM, they are mind fucking in some way, shape or form, whether they know it or not. Well, that's, you know, that's a tricky question. And I've wrestled with it a lot. And 
we can't say mind fucking is everything because then it becomes meaningless, right? So mm. we need to we need to be mindful of the fact that it has to describe something, right? And um, so mind fucking is when we are intentionally uh, manipulating our partner is what it comes down to, right? So okay. either it's their perceptions, their uh, you know their expectations, or their um, their sense of reality. So you can mind fuck somebody by having a reputation of being a totally brutal motherfucker. Right? Right. And you just come in, you haven't said anything, but because of the things other people have said, it's kind of a mindfuck because their expectations are one thing. And you might be like, you might have a brutal side, but you might also be really cuddly and know this bottom, this bottom really likes cuddles and soft stuff. And that's all you're going to do. But they've got this, you know, perception in their head. So, but it's a mindfuck when you do it on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because you could you could say the reputation has mindfucked that person, but it's because it's not something you're actively doing. I feel like it falls out of the definition of consensual, you know, erotic mindfucking, right? It's something we're right. doing on purpose with consent. Right. So I love I love the the definition of like, you, you know, you're purposely manipulating or bending somebody's reality. However, we brought up ethics and there's a whole lot that goes, you know, that comes before the actual scene where the mind fucking is happening. So when you are wanting to engage in mind fucking with someone, whether you're the top or the bottom what are some good safeguards? Like, is this something that you should only do with someone you know super well? Can you do mind fucking as pickup play or with a first play as a stranger? What are those kind of guidelines in your mind? I mean, it, it is edge play, right? So uh-huh. we need to treat it that way. I don't, I'm not going to blanket say like you can't ever do it for pickup play, but it, mm-hmm. it is dangerous. And you know, to try to illustrate the danger of it, I want to make an analogy, right? Because, you know, we all know knife play. It's pretty well defined. Mm-hmm. And let's say I have a bottom who is like, oh, I love knife play, but don't cut me. Now we can have right. a conversation and say, okay, well, what if I nick you by accident? Is that a full stop? Do I want to, do we want to check in? Or, uh, or is it just okay if I give you a little nick? Like, what are, you know, if we fuck up like this, what do you want to do? And that's not something we can do with mind fucking because right. the mind is so complex that we don't know what a cut looks like. We don't know if the person's cut. And so we can't check in and make that assessment at that moment. You don't know if you've traumatized somebody. You can silently traumatize somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but to come back to your question of like, like how do you deal with that? I think a good, you want to talk about containers, Right. Mm. And a good container for that experience is, are we having fun? And so if you're having fun, that's great, you know, but if it's like scary or, um, or like really frightening or, or if it's really uncomfortable and you're not having fun, then probably, you know, something's not going right. And those are spaces you can explore certainly, but you won't, you wouldn't do that with pick a play. You want to keep it fun, right? Right, right, definitely. So negotiation, I know that as educators, 
we get a lot of questions around how to negotiate mind fucks. Because if we look at your basic kink 101 negotiation, it's like, okay, maybe you have a yes, no, maybe list, whatever your negotiation style is, it's usually based around specifics. Like, are you into this? Yes, no. Can I specifically do this? Yes or no? Or, you know, let's negotiate it. But with mind fucks, oftentimes, it's I look at mind fucks as sort of a an erotic, sadistic, practical joke, sort of. And you don't want to ruin the surprise. You you don't want to say like, hey, can I can I um you know blindfold you and run the edge of a credit card across your skin and pretend that I'm cutting you and make you because then you're ruining it. Yeah. So a lot of people will ask then, well, how do I negotiate something? that I can't specifically divulge the details of, or it will ruin the surprise. So what's that magic there? How do we do that? Um, spamming. That's the answer. Okay. It's a good question, and I do get it a lot. And the way to do that is to take advantage of the fact that people have limited retention. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, Sonny, if my intention, let's say you and I are having a scene, and my intention is to, I'm going to use a real knife, but I'm going to take an ice cube. I'm going to hold it against that knife so that the water drips from where I'm holding the knife against you. Not only is the knife cold, but you can feel it drip. And oftentimes the sensation of blood is a cold dripping sensation, right? Mm-hmm. So I can maybe maybe create the illusion that I've cut you, right? Um, <clears throat> number one, if I get consent to cut you, then not cutting you is... You know, it's something we can do, right? Right. Um, second, the spamming thing is I can ask you 20 things. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? I nest the one I want to do right in the middle. And you're going to remember like the first one and the last one and maybe one that stuck out to you because it was so crazy. And there's another mm-hmm. opportunity there. Like, you'd be like, uh, can I feed you donkey shit? Like, you know, like. Get, there's an opportunity to really fuck with them because you can, Sir Ezra, you saucy flirt. You can create, you, know? you can create like uh, this illusion that you're willing to do some really crazy shit. You know, right? Uh, so right. that's another opportunity to mind fuck. But, um, but you've got, you know, this long list that includes the thing that you want to do, and mm-hmm. it's not ruining the surprise because they still don't know what you're gonna do. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I, you know, I find that um, when I negotiate and when Ken negotiates too, you know, again, usually this is with partners that we do have a history with and we've played with before, negotiated with before, because it can get pretty intense psychologically. But to just come out and say, like, can I mind fuck you? Like, here are some wacky examples of a mind fuck that could happen. Like, do you consent to that kind of, you know, as I call it, the the sadistic, erotic, practical joke kind of play? And then, you know, as you said, then maybe get the context. Like, are knives okay? Are, you know, to sort of get the the category, I guess, that my mind fuck will be in if that's okay without divulging, like, here are all the steps I'm going to do. And, and we are psychological players. Like, I don't know if it's, that we came up kinky and Chicago. Well, I came up kinky in Chicago. Ken, you you have been in Chicago for a lot of your kink lifetime, but you didn't come up kinky in Chicago. No, I came but up in Michigan. Kinky or kinky. Chicago is said to be a very psychologically sadistic town. 
town for kink. Like that's just what we do. Yeah, uh-huh. the nickname is. Go ahead. What is it? What is it? Chicago I first date is like is like psychological edge plays. It was oh yeah, Chicago first date in the BDSM community <laughs> because we had so many people that were like psychological edge players. There's just you know like regionally there's a lot of them there it's very strange moving from someplace to like chicago to la to here and seeing all the different specialties like i wasn't expecting this place to have a lot of furries and that's kind of like what's one of the bigger yeah. things and in age las players vegas. furries age, and age, age players, players and furries in, in las vegas it's it's just it's wacky um so all right tell let's talk about why mind fucks are so much fun like from both a dominance perspective and a submissive submissive's perspective. So let's start with the submissive. Why the hell would a submissive want to put themselves through something that could be potentially scary, you know, frightening, indecisive, your reality feels bent, you don't know what's going on, maybe you're going to cry. But then at the end you're like, that was fun. Can we do that again next week? Why would a sub want to do that? I, I mean, I think the answer to the, the both questions is the same. And the answer is adrenaline, you know? Mm. <clears throat> the answer is that it's a thrill. Uh, my partner, who you, you had my partner on previously, Queen Anna. Yes. And uh, she is deathly afraid of, afraid of spiders. <sighs> right? So, mm-hmm. and I live in an area that has uh, a healthy population of black widows. Ooh. Okay. Oh. So she's already like on a day-to-day basis. There are times when this is terrifying, right? Right. And so when we can take that, that, that terrifying experience, bottle it up and present it in a controlled environment, that's going to be relatively safe, then it can really be enjoyable. Right. Ooh, like just yes. like roller coasters. Like, um, I mean, I don't think anybody likes to be in a car that's out of control. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but to be in a uh, roller coaster that feels like it's out of control, but you know, you know, there's hundreds of people have been on this today and nobody's dead. Right. So, right. so you get to feel like you're out of control, but you get to then come back and be in control. And I think mm-hmm. that, the adrenaline is there for both parties, but I think that for for Doms, it's you get to you get to flip the the roller coaster switch, right? You get to press the button, mm-hmm. and you get to be in control, and um, and the bottom gets to go through that and to to feel like they don't know what the outcome's going to be. So right. um, back to my example, right? So I took um, I've done this a couple times, so it's it's done been done differently. I took. Um, I took a Black Widow, real live Black Widow, and I got it into a jar. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's not it's not that hard to do because they're pretty slow. So you just get it on the end of a stick shorter than your jar. Drop the stick in the jar. Done. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Then I got a second jar. Okay. My partner did not see the empty jar. <gasps> so I've got my partner blindfolded on the bed tied to the bed and because I know that she's going to flail and I don't want to get a black eye. Right. Right. Um, so tied to the bed, blindfolded and I place a jar on her body <sighs> and she's, and she's already like really upset already. Like 
like having a hard time. But, you know, I know that she's she's safe words like every day when I tickle her too much. So I mm-hmm. know she could safe word. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I put the jar there. I'm doing something else. The jar like falls over. She has a little panic attack about that. And then I come back to the jar and I unscrew the lid. And she can hear uh, the lid unscrew. And I uh, drop the lid on her. She can feel the lid. She knows this jar is open. Right? In her mind, there's a black widow inside this jar just waiting to come out. When in reality, the black widow is safely in the jar uh, in the corner. Because right. I can't trust her to not flail around and knock this spider out of the jar. Right? Mm. If I had a partner who could be comatose and like still then i could open the jar maybe but you know that's different uh Mm -hmm. then okay so then i take the tip of my whip cracker my this is like masonry twine and i drag it across her skin (gasps) oh that's amazing i don't know how she managed to fall off the bed in bondage (laughs) she was literally tied to the bed and fell off Oh. Um, and so, but the follow-up, you're right, because I think aftercare is complex, and I think that with more complex your, your mindfuck is, the more complex your aftercare has to be. So right. you have to, you have to debrief, right? So mm-hmm. not only am I going to, like, de-roll, I'm not going to just be like, hey, I'm not a monster, uh, you know, here I am, I'm your partner. But I'm also going to debrief. I'm also going to say, hey, this is what actually was happening. Mm. Right? Which is essential because that's what makes it ethical. Because if I'm, if I don't release the mindfuck, it's like not releasing the bondage. Oh, yeah. The scene's yeah. never over. So, so, yeah. so I, I showed I really her. really have to. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Go I was going to say, so, so I showed her. I said, hey, look, there's the spider in the, in the corner. This is an empty jar scene's over you know yeah yeah and do you get like you motherfucker see that's always my favorite part when they the when reveal. like the, the the jig is up is that what a gig sure. the, the, the jig. what the reveal the jig the re- the reveal yeah and and when they're just like oh you motherfucker that's that's what i love it's almost like you know when you give a gift you know, you go through shopping and considering what gifts should I buy and this. And it's when the person opens the gift and they see what it is and that look on their face as the gift giver. That's what you're like. That's what I was going for. Oh, yeah, I really got that. They love that gift. It's the same sort of thing, but it's like an evil, sadistic gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What were you going to say, Ken? I was just going to say, so as a biologist, when we were studying entomology, one of the most amazing facts about spiders that always stuck with me as a sadist that I, that, that like when I have scenes like this, mm-hmm. the first thing that I tell them, and this is an absolute fact, anywhere you are on the planet Earth, there's a spider within six feet of you. Yeah. 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 It's scary. I'm even scared and I'm, I'm a dom, but like what was, uh, a Chicago thing that was pretty popular amongst different people in scenes was to get crickets and put them in like a sandwich bag. And so when they jumped around inside the bag and the bag was against your submissive's face who was tied up, they could feel the crickets jumping on them. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> that, 
That was a good one. And no crickets are harmed during during the making of that scene. Um, you know, but as you're describing this, it makes me think of some of the things that I love about mindfucks. There's a quote from uh, Alfred Hitchcock, and he says, there is no terror in the bang, and the bang meaning like if you're firing a gun or, you know, big surprise, only the anticipation of it. And I think as sadists, dominance, whatever you want to call us, mind fuckers, we're magicians in a way where, you know, we may be in a sense physical magicians like with you and the switchy switcheroo with the spiders, or we might be mental magicians, but really we're, we have to develop that art of using the smoke and mirrors to make our submissives think something's happening that totally isn't. So if I were a newbie who's never done a mind fuck and I'm like, I don't know how to cultivate that art in me. What would you advise me to do? How do I tap into that part of myself as a dominant to really think of some creative mind fucks? What goes into that planning? Well, I mean, so asymmetric information is a, is a strategy that anybody can utilize at any time. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, again, like, uh, you could have a scene with somebody and you could say, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, and E. Mm -hmm. Right? And then they know exactly what's going to happen. There's no mystery in that. And that's fine. Sometimes having, having it totally explicit is really comforting to some people. But uh, other times you can be like, hey, I'm interested in doing A, B, C, D, and E. Are you cool right. with that? Cool. Okay. Well, we'll see what I do. Right? It could you've consented to A, B, C, and D, and E. It's not. I'm not using the spamming technique where I'm like trying to get you to forget what you consented to. I'm just getting consent for a number of things and not communicating to that partner right off what exactly is going to happen. And that's okay if you have consent from that partner. One of the concerns of especially submissives who may be entering into relationships or dynamics with people where they will be playing mind fucks is in order to be a good mind fucker, you have to be able to mentally manipulate. And those are the same skills or the same skill set that you would use if you really were an unethical, non-consensual gaslighter, if you were a mental abuser, that sort of thing. So there's a really fine line. It's like you have to cultivate these skills that you could use for evil if you wanted to, but you have to to commit to using them ethically and using them for good and using them in that safe container. But if you're a submissive wanting to enter a dynamic with somebody, how can you be sure that this person that's really great at mental manipulating is going to be doing it to you ethically? Like what advice do you have for people in that position? Hey, Volvo owners, do you want stronger orgasms? It's scientifically proven that a stronger pelvic floor can lead to stronger orgasms. Intensity by Pour Moi gives you that strength. Intensity is an intimate health and stimulation device. Now you might be tempted to call it a vibrator, but it is really so much more. What makes Intensity special is how it tones your pelvic floor muscles. Intensity automatically exercises your pelvic floor for you 
It's an exercise program. Not only will intensity teach you how a properly performed Kegel feels, it also has a vibrating component for your pleasure. Intensity lets you balance feeling good with working hard. You know, the natural process of aging, high-impact exercises, and childbirth can take a toll on the health and muscles that surround the vagina, causing them to lose tone over time. Studies have demonstrated toned pelvic floor muscles increase the power and intensity of orgasm. You know what intensity helps me control? Oops, I peed a little bit. Oh, no, I didn't because I use intensity. (laughs) Intensity is also manufactured in the USA to medical grade standards. Because they have medical roots and manufacture a variety of FDA cleared devices to support pelvic floor health and cure incontinence without surgery or pills, they hold themselves to a higher standard, a medical one, which means clearly superior products and results for their customers. Pour Moi is offering our listeners an additional $25 off intensity when you go to pourmoi.com and enter the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. You can also use this code along with any other code on their website. That's $25 off on top of all ongoing promotions when you go to P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com with the code SUNNY. That's pourmoi.com, code SUNNY. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think there is sometimes a difficulty in finding the education that you need in mindfucking specifically because Mm -hmm. it is edge play and because it is weaponry for the mal intended. Or, you know, I I should say, you know, it's weaponry for people who want to be bad actors, right? And it's really challenging. But my, I have to keep the the, the point of view that people are going to do what they're going to do. And uh, they can read psychology books to be better manipulators, right? So, right. I mean, I'm not, gi- I'm not giving them any information that's not already out there. Um, but what I think that it does that's a net positive is it demonstrates what the actual anatomy of abuse is, right? So because we're looking at it, because we're saying, okay, this is what makes it ethical, this is what makes it consensual, then there's a lot of people, every time I teach this class, there's somebody in the room who didn't, who walked in, didn't real, without realizing that they had been abused or are being abused. And they walk in. They walk out of that room. They know it, right? Because we've explored that. Because we have studied it, and we've said, okay, this is the difference between abuse and BDSM. They go, wow. Well, my my guy isn't on that BDSM side. He's on the abuse side, right? So I think it's a net positive. And you know how we can guard ourselves against that is going to be the same, right? I mean, it's. It's it's tricky because if you had a very, you know, keen sociopath, then they could get away with a lot. They can really be, they can uh, fool you uh, in a lot of ways. And unfortunately, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure exactly how to guard yourself against that, except to vet people to, you know, find out about their partners. You know, if they don't have any partners, if all their partners are missing or unaccounted for, like, maybe they're a fucking serial killer. 
who knows? Right, right. You know? <laughs> um, but if you can find like happy, healthy partners, especially exes, like talk to an ex. If, mm-hmm. if you're a mature adult in the BDSM scene, then you have at least one ex-partner who's willing to talk on your behalf. Yes. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's even a red flag in vanilla relationships. You know, they say that, oh, if they say, oh, all my exes are crazy, red flag. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, oh, really? Really? What's so, the common denominator? Exactly. Exactly. So, th- you know, that's good advice. And, and I love that, you know, y- you said that it, once we know the anatomy of what goes into this type of mind fuckery and emotional manipulation and what make, makes it ethical, it illuminates what is unethical. Just like, you know, you said, if everything's a mind fuck, then true mind fucks have no meaning. Yeah. Well, so, and I think it's, it's challenging because consent is cultural, right? Right. And we have a subculture. So we have our own definition of consent. And I think the, the best thing BDSM ever did was share that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the sex positive community contributes as well. But there is this concept of consent that's evolving and living and breathing. And I, you know, hopefully has its home in BDSM. But, um, but there's other ideas out there. So, like, if my partner, if I'm, if I'm submitting to my partner and they're also a magician... Right? Mm-hmm. Magicians never reveal their tricks. <laughs> okay, well, you're going to fucking reveal yours to me, buddy. Yeah. Right? That's a different. You know, you can be a magician nine to five, but at six o'clock, we're going to play. And when the shit is over, you're going to show me what you did. Right. Because if that person's not revealing their tricks, then they're really not truly ever ending the mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like, okay, let's, let's just play, play with something. Like super simple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can can you bottom or you switch? Uh, I switch. Okay. Well, uh, for the sake of example, uh, will you be my my hypothetical bottom? Yeah. 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 Okay. Ken, I want you to imagine yourself uh, very small. Okay. Very small, shrinking in size, shrinking in stature. I want you to imagine me bigger than you. I'm bigger than you. I'm taller than you. I'm wider than you. I'm stronger than you. Okay, now that's very light. It's very subtle, but this is a mind fuck, right? I'm asking him to uh, intentionally adjust his perceptions, right? Mm. I'm I'm five nine and a half. There you go. I've revealed my size. It's not the illusion's over. Um, but you know that's a really easy example of of how you can ask somebody to to consciously change their perceptions. And if I never say, oh, well, okay, this is how tall I am, or, you know, you're tall, or whatever, if I never take the moment to sort of get out of that role play, then on some level, Ken's taking it with him that he's a smaller person than I am. And there's a there's an impact to that. And I'd be taking Mm. advantage of him if I never if I never let it go. Right. That makes sense. That that absolutely makes sense. So let's talk. I know you touched a little bit on on aftercare and how it needs to. Can I be, be big again? Yes, what? yes, Ken. You're a big man, <laughs> Ken. Okay, I'm six one again. Okay, Whew. you're taller than I am. <laughs> so when it comes to to aftercare and subspace, let's talk about that because this is 
psychological edge play. So it is very probable that a dominant can plan the scene, you know, have every T crossed and I dotted and think it's going to go one way. But then when it when it actually unfolds, perhaps the uh, submissive has a PTSD trigger mm-hmm. or something goes wrong. Blood pressure issue. Yeah, blood pressure issue, whatever it is. So what do we do when something like that happens is the subspace that the submissive goes into uh similar to a non-mindfuck scene is it more intense how is it different and then how do we care for that yeah absolutely well like you know like i said before there is a significant risk of trauma of emotional trauma of psychological trauma and you have to be prepared as the dom to red out of the scene to just to safe word and say look we're done. I need to figure out what just happened, right? So that's that's always going to be your safest bet as a first step when you're encountering some trauma. Uh, mm-hmm. You could even, like, for, for example, my partner uh, and I, we go dark sometimes. And if she's going dark and we didn't talk about it and maybe I'm not in the right headspace or either I'm not in the right headspace to handle that depth of darkness or... Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about it, and I don't know if she's okay, but at this point, she's nonverbal, so I'm in a safe word for on her behalf because I can't check in with her. I can't say, hey, is it okay we're going this dark? Because she's already, right. you know, crying, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that the dom has to be prepared to end at a moment's notice. I think that's super important. Um, mm-hmm. And beyond that, you know, we're not... We don't have to be psychotherapists. We don't have to be psychologists or therapists. We don't have to have the ability to unpack all of that trauma in the long term uh, in the moment, right? But Mm -hmm. we do need to be prepared for that possibility of a trauma. So, you know, I might say, hey, Ken, if we're going to have a scene and shit goes sideways and you start crying, like, what do you need me to do? Do you need me to end the scene if you start? If I see tears, does that mean it's over? Or do you need me to take a break with you? Do you need me to hold you until until that dark moment passes? Like, so we can have like emergency plans, right? <laughs> right. Um, but the reality is that n- no amount of planning is going to rule out every single possibility. Right. You know, so you just have to be prepared. And I would say you also have to be prepared if you're going to be doing really dark stuff. You have to be prepared for a partner who's going to feel really negative about that experience and want to talk about it for months. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, if me and Ken, if Ken had a thing about being small, all of a sudden, I know I thought it was something really subtle, but maybe, you know, he was made to feel small by a manipulator in his life when he was a child or something. And, um, and he, and he's really fucked up about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to take time and talk to him about his feelings and my role in those, maybe even go to a therapist together. Like, if, if we're playing and I care for Ken, then I'm going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not willing to to deal with the damage, if you're not willing to care for a burn, don't play with fire. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But I, you know, blue sky, right? Everything goes well. I like to break aftercare down into three parts and we can... We can thank the LARPing community for this, for these, uh, yes! right? Yeah. Um, so 
and I already kind of touched on it, right? So uh, we do a, a game wrap, a debrief, and a de-roll. Real quick, can you, like most of our uh, listeners are gamers, but can you please tell for people who don't know what LARPing is, what Oh, that yeah, means? absolutely. Live action role play. So think uh, people uh, running around in the woods in armor and swords and whacking each other. Yes. Or vampires. Sure. Or vampires. Or <laughs> yeah. You could even call BDSM live action role play, and I would if you yeah. found yourself in a court of law. It really, it, like BDSM to me is sex LARPing. I mean, it, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, so, I, should, I should do LARP. I should start LARPing to find more partners that are willing to role play. Right? Totally. <laughs> Support for American Sex Podcast comes from Manscaped, who's the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Balls to the walls, listen up. Unkempt pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0. You know how much Ken and I love it, right? One of the reasons is he never breaks his ornaments. <laughs> this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer to keep those ornaments safe. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. And it's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes a perfect gift this holiday season. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, and the Crop Reviver to keep your balls from stinking, sweating, and sticking. The Perfect Package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Hey, tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. And you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. Yeah, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D dot com. Clean up those nuts and make Santa proud this year. We talk a lot about things like physical health and mental health here on American Sex Podcast. But let's talk about your sexual health. Whether you hit the gym, take a walk, or meditate, if you want to take care of your whole self, you need to prioritize your pleasure along with your body and mind. Dipsy has that pleasure component covered. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and immersive, so you feel like you're right there. And there's something for everyone, whoever and whatever you are into. Dipsy adds new content every week, so there's always more to explore. Find stories about a spontaneous hookup with a, a hot stranger, getting closer with that sexy yoga instructor you just can't stop thinking about, or even stories about trying a new toy together or getting tied up. The wellness sessions can help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. They add new stories every week, so you will never get bored. Hey, spice things up today with Dipsy. For listeners of American Sex Podcast, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com. 
com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny. Dipsy stories.com slash sunny. Yeah, I know the, um, the Renaissance Festival, I feel like half the people are kinksters. Oh, I've heard so many stories about like how the people that work there, when it shuts down, they like make some makeshift dungeon dungeon and like the beer wenches tent and yeah, the Venn diagram between like <laughs> tabletop role playing gamers, Ren Fair folk, and BDSM folks is a big fucking circle. Yeah, it's yeah. not really yeah. totally is totally <laughs> really is. separate areas. So okay, so you're breaking down uh, aftercare into three sections based on LARPing. Now, what are those? Okay, so we said uh, debriefing, de-rolling, and game wrapping. So debriefing is to, and, and forgive me LARP community if I get, if I mix these up, but, (laughs) um, debriefing is to reveal the secrets, Mm -hmm. reveal the plot points and overarching stuff. Um, debriefing, de-rolling is to take, take time to really step out of that role that you put in, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Ken and I just did a super quick role play, right? And I was like, I'm 5'9". There you go. I'm out of my character of being a really big guy. I'm average, right? Mm-hmm. Half inch above the national average. But, um, you know, we take that time to step out of those roles that we put on, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody talks, thinks about, like, how do you get into character? But how do you get out of character, too, right? Uh, maybe that's, I'm not the robber, I'm not the monster, I'm not, you know, the burglar or whatever who, you know, that the scene was about. And then the last one is uh, game wrapping. So that's, you know, that's where we capture our learning objectives, we discharge our emotions, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And that's for the benefit of both the top and the bottom, you know, a lot of people think aftercare is just for the submissives. Absolutely not. Is there any special aftercare that a dominant might specifically need after a mind fuck that maybe people wouldn't automatically think of? Cuban cigar and a blowjob. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot the whiskey, Ken. And the whiskey. Yeah. And the whiskey. Diabetic now, man. Like that's. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, it's all person to person. I, I personally, um, I always want cuddles. I want like a reassurance of the connection because sometimes things we can do can imply that there, you know, the connection is severed. Um, and I really like, uh, affirmations personally. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know, I, it's funny cause I'm like super analytical and it can be exhausting to deal with that if you are not. Cause I like 10 minutes after a scene, I'm like, Ken, how did you like it? What did you like best? What didn't work for you? What, you know, I'm like, <gasps> God, you're sunny. You're me. I was just going to say, you are me. I need to know. I'm like, here's my feedback form. It's only 12 pages now. You know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, and what were you thinking at this exact moment yeah. when that happened? Yeah. What was this look about? What? Yeah. Okay. When, so we're on the same interesting. page. When I top, the biggest thing that I want to know, because I tend to go so rough and so hard and do a lot of impact player heavy psychological play. I just want to know I'm not a piece of shit mm-hmm. because automatically that's my default setting is that after I do a scene, even though it's 
consensual, planned, organized, negotiated, I still feel like I could potentially be a piece of shit when the whole thing is done. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know why. You know, I, don't have, I don't have a great explanation for that. Either. No, I, I get that. And, you know, we were talking a few minutes ago about like crying during a scene. And as you were saying that, you know, I was like, and sometimes crying hysterically is the goal like that cathartic release is what you are after so in that respect when you're a top and let's say you have a submissive that is you know bawling and crying but that's what it was negotiated like it's it's not a surprise they wanted to get to that point of being broken down so you know in the back of your mind based on your negotiation you're giving them what they want but still when you look at them sniveling and crying it still makes you wonder, like, oh, shit, is that the the good bad cry that they wanted? Or is that a bad bad cry? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know? like, well, they look the same on the mm-hmm, surface, mm-hmm. you know? And I really, honestly, I really liked, uh, Ken, I really liked how you, like, distilled what you needed into one question, right? Are you a piece of shit? And I think I do that, too. And it's like, did you have a good time? Like if I can only ask my bottom one question and it's like part of my aftercare, like just tell me you had a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that, mm-hmm. maybe that implies the same answer. Like I'm not a piece of shit does, because I yeah. rendered a good time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I, I would, th- I mean, I totally am on board with that and I would think, you know, again, there's no science. I didn't do a scientific study and survey a bunch of dominance, but I would think that that's probably a common. That's well, it's a fairly consistent yeah. anecdotally with almost every top that exactly. we talk to about aftercare specifically. They just they they want reassurance that it was a good time and that they're not a bad person in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. So, okay, let's tell get... Tell me how awesome all of us tops are. We're so awesome. So Everyone, awesome. just send us emails <laughs> and social media. Tell us how awesome buy we are. Um, totally. Buy us dinner. Yes, I had a fan yes. buy me dinner the other night. I'm, I'm still glowing Aww. about it. Aww. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's just so nice when people just reach out and send you stuff or do stuff. It's like, <laughs> so let's get fun because, you know, one of the things, you know, that we had said before we started rolling is like, yes, we're talking about a lot of scary stuff and crying and blah, 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 blah. But mind fucks can be fun yeah. and silly. Yeah, you know, absolutely. look at me and Ken. One of our things is we do clown role play and we're silly and goofy and we revel in, you know, the the ridiculousness and, you know, like the, the juxtaposition of something being completely outrageously r- ridiculous and at the same time being kind of like heavy and serious. Like, it's just, it, that's a mind fuck in itself. So, Let's talk about a some fun mind fucks mm-hmm. and b some examples of mind fucks that we have all done. So if there are people listening, or American fuckers are like, I wanna, I wanna start getting into some mind fucks, but I don't have the create. I don't know what to do. So let's give some examples. Sure. What are some fun mind fucks that you have done? We heard the spider. What else? Um. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, and it it always seems to to like. Uh, edge towards humiliation with me because I find it like really fun, um, right? But um, here, here's a good one that's like just unilaterally positive. So I think it can mm-hmm. help uh, maybe maybe like establish the farther end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that Midori taught me, and 
she had a volunteer. This is for the humiliation class, but I would say that it's a mind fuck. Uh, right. It, she had a volunteer sit in front of the audience, facing the audience, and she suggested mm-hmm. that every person in the audience imagine this woman in front of the stage doing something filthy. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't say it. Just maintain eye contact and think it. And you know, it's it's definitely humiliation because it's a situation that's embarrassing, even if it's right. erotic, right? But this person is now made to feel like, you know, the most uh, like sexy object in the room because mm-hmm. of because of this practice, right? And all is that's happening is that the instructor is giving people in the room permission to fantasize about her openly. We know when it's happening. So now she mm-hmm. has this imagination about all these things that somebody else is thinking, right? So it's, again, we're like playing with asymmetric information because all yes. the people in the room know the filthy thing they're imagining her doing, and she doesn't. Oh, I love that. Right? I love and that. It's, it's almost like she, they could all be imagining her like doing a belly dance or something, you know, relatively wholesome. But, you know, in her mind, it's all like, you know, triple penetration in every hole. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So that's a, that's a good, you know, that's a good example of a mind fuck that is entirely positive and that can really help somebody's self-esteem. You you know, one that I've heard and I've seen this done and it was just like, Oh my God. So it was with the submissive. And again, it was like a group scenario, which made me think of this. And it was, you know, with a submissive that was blindfolded and someone who liked a lot of uh, humiliation and, you know, just being called mean things and this and that, but also somebody that, you know, and this was negotiated between the the partners, also somebody that did have a hard time with their self-esteem and needed a boost and had a hard time accepting oh, compliments and had a hard time believing that they were valued by other people. So it was, you know, blindfold the submissive, give everybody in the room a Sharpie and just be like, you know, she's useless and good for nothing. And I want you to write on her body with your Sharpie, like what a pig she is and what a dirty, filthy slut. And she's good for nothing. And this, so she feels the people writing on her thinking, you know, she's, you know, the imagination, like you said, like being completely degraded and humiliated. And then the blindfold comes off. And they look down at their body or in a mirror. And really, the secret was, hey, y'all, you're not going to write insults. You're going to write compliments. Mm -hmm. Like, this part of your body is beautiful. You know, you're so smart. I've always admired you. And it's that mindfuck of them thinking they've been degraded. And then they see all these compliments on their body. That's just even just watching a scene like that is so moving. And that is a positive mindfuck. Super positive. And I, yeah. And what I think is really good about that, Sonny, is that you've highlighted the 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 fact that degradation is in the mind, right? Right. You know, nothing. She opens her eyes and she, you know, her, she's blindfolded and then she opens her eyes and nothing about the writing has changed. Nothing about the activity has changed except for her perception. 
Right. So, right. And I mean, you could get all deep and psychological with that. Like, you know, what you think about yourself is all in your Mm -hmm, imagination. mm -hmm. These are the thoughts that people are thinking all the time. And maybe it's not written on your body. Like, that is just such a positive mind fuck. It just, it makes me weep just thinking about it. It's It's like the the Lifetime movie of BDSM all in a scene. Right. It's just beautiful. Um, Um, (laughs) Okay. So I've got, I've got like the homework assignment mind fuck because this is something anybody can do today. Right. Okay. Um, and it has to do with uh, like implied expectations, right? Um, and I want to remind everybody that when you get consent to do something, you have consent to not do it, right? Mm. Right. Like, like, hey, can I spank you? If I don't spank you, I'm not violating your consent. Right. right? So what we can do with that is we can have a specific timing. Let's say we're doing a spanking scene. I go tap, tap, whack. Tap, tap, whack, right? And I just uh, develop this rhythm so you know if there's a tap, tap, then there's a whack coming, mm-hmm. right? So now I can play with that expectation. I've set that expectation. Now I can do a tap, tap, and we're waiting for that yes. whack. Maybe the whack comes. Maybe it never comes, you know? Um, it's And all you're doing is spanking with rhythm. Right. Yes. Yes. It's funny that you bring that up because I saw a video on social media talking about you can, you know, build up, just like you said, build up a rhythm and then deviate from that rhythm to to fuck with your submissive or bottom's head. And when I heard that, I was like, wait, I thought that was just automatic. Everyone did that when they were spanking. It just showed me how much of a mind fucker I actually am. Yep. Like to me, there's there's no other way to spank than to fuck with the rhythm. Yeah, of course I there mean- is, funny. <laughs> You could just, you can, you'll get a four on the floor rhythm, right? Like, bump, 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 bump. Like any song that, that follows that beat, you just spank mm-hmm. on the beat and don't deviate from it. So maybe some people are like really skittish or like have a hard time with surprises. So you just yeah. do that and it's straightforward. And some people might think it's boring. Other people think it's comforting, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I guess I'm more of a mind fucker than I realize. Um, so let, I want to give, Ken, this is one example that you had, if you want to tell it. Uh, a mind fuck that's more of a predicament mind fuck involving buckets and water sports. <laughs> Do you, can you tell us about that? <laughs> um, so this is a scene that I did as a professional dominant. Um, and the person, uh, was, was really into different forms of predicament bondage. So I decided to get nipple clamps that held tiny little buckets. And what I did was I put a straw into each of the little buckets and then I pissed into the buckets and they had a choice. And this was again, all right. They were into water sports sports. and consuming. But, um, the, the choice was drink the piss or get your nipples ripped off essentially. Hmm. Yeah. It was a positive thing. It, it was, was a positive scene. It no, because they really liked yeah, drinking. Really liked yeah. But like it was. We should have give, given a piss warning. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let people know in the intro. Well, they'll be piss guzzling about 48 minutes in. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, and then, yeah, f- faking a seizure is, all, is one oh, that that's I another, You have a seizure disorder. Do. And that's one of the things that I do is I get somebody in complete bondage and then fake a seizure. Ooh, that's that's bizarre. 
<laughs> Chicago, I'm telling you, it fucked our heads up. <laughs> uh. Um. That's so, actually one of the worst things. Like they, like they, they have such a strong, especially because I, I only do this. By the way, when I do that, it's people that know that I have a seizure disorder, right? That are longtime, you know, submissives of mine, uh, and that again consented to ever, all of this ahead of time because they know what a twisted fuck I am with things like that. But uh, they, I get the most visceral reaction of anything that I've ever done. It's more like I don't want to see my top hurt. And they start crying, and they try to get off. It's actually a little sad. Like if tears weren't my favorite lube, I, I'd probably feel bad inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Oh. This is a good one. Um, so Mistress Cyan uh, runs. Uh-huh. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my partner uh, started as a switch at at Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Started as a professional switch, and wanted to move up to being a dom, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that is part of the test before you can move up is mistress says, how are you with a whip? She goes, oh, hey, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Whip me. Ooh. I mean, it means she's your boss. You got to whip yeah. your boss. Like that's a mind fuck <laughs> right there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, all right, that's wrapping. one of the best tests I've ever heard. I know, it's fucking <laughs> And if you amazing. ever meet Mr. Sign, you would realize how, what a powerful statement that is. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, wrapping up, for, for those American fuckers that have been listening for the last, I don't know, 40 whatever minutes, like, ooh, 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 I got to do this. But, you know, I'm new at it. What final closing, I don't know, reminders, thoughts, bullet points would you give them um, before embarking on... Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> I just had a stroke. Edge play. Yeah. Thank you. Mind Before fucking. Embar- <laughs> exactly. Or yeah, mind fucking. Wow, I did just my brain. My mind just got fucked. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, it's working. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I would say, um, you know, I kind of said it already, but I think it, it bears repeating. Put it in a container right? Mm -hmm. Put it in a container, make it like, this is the discrete start. This is the discrete end. And you can test it out with a very small container and, uh, keep it fun, but you know, keep it fun is a container because now if it's not, if you're not having fun, you've, you've deviated from that container. It means you're, we're not in the cup. We're not in the box, whatever time to time to stop and regroup. But, um, another good container is a game. And literally every game is a mindfuck because we are setting values. We are setting expectations. We are setting what is appropriate behavior every time we play a game. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, and so like we can do, here's a good one. I mean, this is, this is to just highlight the banality of the game itself with regard to mm-hmm. the mindfuck you insert into it. I can make a fucking kinky game out of Candyland. Right. Mm. Okay. Uh, since we already touched on water sports, every time you land on a yellow square, you're gonna get pissed <laughs> on. Right. Every time, every time you learn, you know, you land on a purple square, we're gonna do genital torture. You know, and then is there a rainbow square? Uh, there isn't a rainbow. Oh, there. No, there's a rainbow square at the end, but it's whatever color you have, you land on it. Uh, so, but uh, you know. But what you're doing is you're obfuscating the decision-making. So right. I've, I've actually made my choices. I've said, okay, there's going to be genital torture. There's going to be piss play. 
but I'm now letting the cards decide what happens. Ooh. Right? I love that. So I'm taking the, the responsibility that I have, and I'm confusing the, the placement of responsibility by engaging in something that has random. You know, that's, I mean, that's why we you play with dice when you do a game, because it changes the control. Because people typically right. don't like, okay, we're going to play a game, I'm in control. People typically don't like that. Right. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So tell everyone where they can not only find you on social media, but you also do classes like a lot. So tell us about all the, the fun educational stuff. All too. the things. So yes, yes, I am. Uh, I am the director of education at Sanctuary LEX Studios. So we have a uh, an online course series and mm -hmm. uh, Corona willing, it will be in person as well someday. And um, mm -hmm. so you can find class listings on the website at Sanctuary, but I also uh, list all of my classes on my website, which is what's in my kinky dot com. Mm -hmm. um, I have a uh, class I'm personally teaching coming up, finding a play partner, since it's like the most common question I get asked is how do I find a play partner? Yeah. So that is on November 30th. That's going to be listed on my website. And um, we also have a scholarship. I don't know if I told you about this, but we just Ooh. started a scholarship. So a lot of times people want to come to classes, but they're single parents or students and they just can't afford the 10 bucks per class to, to come out to classes all the time. So uh -huh. we've established a scholarship, the Triskelion Award, and anybody can apply. Literally anybody can apply. And it's simple. It's like a, it's like a couple page essay and a resume. And uh -huh. um, yeah, you can apply that directly to me by, via houseofalgos at gmail.com. And uh, our deadline for that is it's December fifteenth, so so don't sit on it. And um, it's good. It would include a number of free classes through the uh, sanctuary program through the the course mm -hmm. online, and then also free admission to DomCon, which happens twice a year. Ooh. So that that's a really fantastic opportunity for somebody who otherwise may not have access to this kind of education can get it for free. That is awesome. awesome. Yeah, thank you for doing that. That is great. And and American fuckers, we will have all of the links that Sir Ezra just mentioned and all of the, you know, upcoming classes in the show notes for this episode at americansexpodcast.com and those show notes also probably show up in whatever streaming service you're listening to this on. Most of them. Sometimes they don't. Like Spotify, yes. It's there. So, anyway, you're just looking at me like, I don't know. Like a deer cotton headlight. Yeah, I have no totally. idea what the fuck you're talking about right now. You having another stroke? Maybe. I might be. Or I could be faking one to fuck with y'all's heads. Anyway, um, thank you. This has been great. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no, thank you, Ken. Thank you, Sonny. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Until next time, bye. Bye. bye now. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. 
I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.